if you'd like to win a free gift, thanks to our sponsors, Manscaped, we're giving away a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs. So if you'd like to enter in our contest, all you got to do is head on over to our Twitter. Our username is BattlegroundIHR. Uh, we've got the tweet pinned to the top. You could win a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs. These things are amazing. You hear us talking about them all the time. You could win a pair for yourself right now. All you got to do is go to our Twitter, Battleground IHR. That's where they're at. You could win you a pair of, of Manscaped boxer briefs. But it is time to get into today's show. Welcome to the Battleground Podcast. My name is Battle. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this journey with us that we do every week. And once again, make sure you please follow us on Twitter. It's Battleground IHR. We are on Instagram, Battleground Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Just search Battleground Podcast. Oh, man. And we do have merchandise, by the way. If you'd like to show your support for the Battleground Podcast, TerritoryWrestlingTees.com. That's where you can go and grab the official Battleground Podcast t-shirt. They are awesome. They are comfy. Definitely go grab your Battleground Podcast t-shirt. But it is time to get into the show today. And boy, do we have a good one for you. The person that we all grew up listening to making those announcements throughout WWE. I'm talking about the legend that is Lillian Garcia. She joins us on the show today. As most of you know, she has Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia, which was announced that it is going to be every Monday on the WWE Network, which you can watch for free. It is on the free WWE Network, but you can also listen to Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia wherever you get your podcasts from. But today we do talk to Lillian about being part of the WWE Network now, those legendary moments from her career in WWE. Who was the person that got her to sing at WWE? Well, it's a very interesting story. She talks about that. We talk about a whole lot more, and man, it's a great show. So without further ado, we're going to hit that theme song, and we're going to bring Lillian Garcia on the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Battleground Podcast. From the Parts Unknown Studios, this is the Battleground Podcast. Battleground! The Battleground! Battleground! The Battleground! Your place for all things pro wrestling. From the independent scene to WWE, AEW, ROH, NWA, and Impact Wrestling. That's the Battleground! topics, as well as interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. The Battleground Podcast starts now. Yes. Here are your hosts. Yes. Welcome to the Battleground. Oh, it's true. Battle and Eli. Yes. Welcome to another episode of the Battleground Podcast. I have got my tag team partner, Eli, with me. Eli, what's up, dude? Hello, hello, hello. And we have the Belle of the Brawl, Lena, with us tonight. Hello, everyone. And we have a special guest, which is an exciting moment for us because she just dropped her podcast today on the WWE Network. The legend that we love to call... Lillian Garcia joins us. Lillian, how are you doing? Ah, thank you so much. This is so sweet of you. Thanks. 
we always it's actually nice to have a professional on with us i know (laughs) the professional podcaster and the amazing vocal ability talent that is lillian garcia joins us tonight so let's uh let's kind of talk about it today was the big day uh you know chasing glory with lillian garcia debuted on the wwe network everybody give it up for lillian on that one yeah thank you so kind of walk us kind of walk us through that because you've been doing the podcast uh since 2016 how did it come about of getting on the network yeah so i have been doing it since uh, 2016 and you know what's beautiful thing is that wwe always allowed me to interview their current roster which was great because not everybody was granted that and i think that they saw the type of interviews that i was doing Obviously, I left in very good standings. I uh, just have a great relationship with them. And so I really want to thank them for, for doing that because they set me up for success from the very beginning. And the thing they really noticed, you know, that I really wanted to make an impact with the show and get those human interest stories and, God, the labor of love that I was putting in this and just really loving the feedback from the fans, uh, over 7 million downloads because of what they were getting out of the show and how it was changing their lives. And for me, that was the thing that just propelled me to keep going, you know, even through the hard times. And so at the beginning of this year, around May, I took off. It was the first time that I'd really taken a whole summer off. Uh, So I decided to take a break I needed for my own mental health just to take a break and reevaluate a lot of things that were going on in this whole pandemic and, you know, the the protests and so much turmoil. So it was actually the best thing that happened because we were ready to come back for the new season in the fall when the WWE reached out and asked if I wanted to put it on the WWE Network. And I didn't even have to think twice, especially when they said the free version, because I've always made Chasing Glory free to access because I think that the stories and what's shared is so important for the world that it just made sense and I said yes and here we are and the rest is history right there well you, you just got it. nailed it I mean like with this year especially um, I mean I think everyone needs a little you know hope and optimism and you know I think this show really fills in the blank there that a lot of shows don't have so yes that was my purpose of it from the very beginning especially entering something like you know the wrestling world with the podcast there's a lot of wrestling podcasts and that's why i never wanted to say hey here's another wrestling podcast i just happen to interview wrestlers but i also interview other athletes or entertainers uh wellness coaches entrepreneurs i like to sprinkle in a a lot of that diversity but more than anything i felt it important to just really humanize people and get to know their stories. And that came to me in 2004 when I was with these amazing women in the locker room and hearing their stories. And I was in such awe that I was like, man, if anybody knew the struggle that you'd been through to be here, I think there'd be a whole different relationship with you, even with your character. And I I asked them if they minded if I approached WWE about the idea of me interviewing them. They loved it. I went to WWE, but it was too early. They didn't really have the platform for it so you know now it's perfect (laughs) now they have the network it's great exactly and you know they launched their podcast network and then you know you talk about being on the free wwe network and that's pretty cool because we all subscribe to the wwe network the paid version but there's some people that can't you know get the other version of the wwe network and having the free version of the wwe network is is a great move on wwe and you're getting so much 
newer content, especially with, with your show and Sam Roberts has something on there and you get and Corey Graves' show on there. So it's, it's a cool thing that WWE is doing this. Yes, I agree. And like I said, especially when they told me it was going to be on the free version, I was very excited about it because since day one, Chasing Glory has been free. And I really wanted it that way so that everybody can access it because the stories that are being shared on here are helping people with their own struggles. Uh, even people have written us saying, I was want, com contemplating committing suicide. And because I heard this story from my favorite superstar, I now know that I can get through my hard times. And that is so powerful when you hear that. And so it just is a show that I feel like everybody should hear it. Uh, not because of me, I'm just the vehicle to bring these stories to you, but because of the superstars being so vulnerable, so real, all the guests on here that are sharing their whole lives, they're opening up everything in order to help well awesome. let's let's start from the beginning how you got into all this stuff <laughs> this amazing yes. career of yours um the year is 1999 how did you initially get hired by the wwe but was known as wwf back then well, you said it, WWF. My agent came to me and said, hey, there's an audition for the WWF. And at first I'm like, the World Wildlife Fund? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 World Wrestling Federation. I went, wrestling? What? <laughs> I said, I used to watch it as a kid with my dad, so I love wrestling. But I was like, but I'm not a wrestler. What? What is this all about? He goes, I know it's not for a wrestler, but I don't really know what it's for. But I think that you should do the audition anyway. So I was like, okay. And I think that's the best advice that I took. And I will spread that to everybody else. You never know. You never know. You never know. And where mm -hmm. it took me is what a ride. And though the fact, though, that I started that August 23rd of 1999 day, I will never forget my very first day on the job and just being, you know, shown all backstage. And I still didn't know what I was doing. I thought it was just an orientation. And it wasn't until 3.30 that afternoon that they told me I was going to be ring announcing that very night, taking Howard Finkel's position, which he's such a legend. And I'm like, wait, but how do you do this job? And it was because of Howard Finkel and Tony Chimmel that set me up for success. And then finding out 20 minutes before going live, hey, you can't even use cue cards. Like, guys, I'm not kidding when I said I almost ran. Oh, my gosh. I, I would have been I, so nervous. Oh, nervous doesn't even cut it. Like, I literally almost threw up in my mouth. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like looking at that exit sign going, okay, you can just bolt. You can just bolt. Nobody knows you. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. And thank God I stayed in my seat and I just like, okay, just chunk it out match by match. Just, uh, I have a photographic memory. Thank goodness. I think that definitely helps. And I've been also in situations where I've been thrown into, I was thrown into the swimming pool uh, when I was nine years old into the swim team without knowing how to swim. And I figured out how to swim and I was thrown into radio for many years, but without even knowing what does that mean? And I was thrown into the morning show. So I figured it out before, and I think that that's the thing that we don't give ourselves enough credit, that things in the past that we've been thrown into, and it doesn't matter whether it was at five or 10 or nine years old, you can use those lessons from early on to then help you in moments like that. And that's the flashbacks that I had before stepping into the ring and, and just 
you know, one by one, just doing the match. And there I was 15 years later. Yeah, I love I love hearing that because, you know, your story is important, too. And it's so inspiring. Like, it makes me want to just do the things I want to do and not be afraid. <laughs> look, girl, you got to do right? it. Right? I, I, look, fear is fake energy always robbing. I love oh, that. Yeah, that's good. But but you can turn it around and you can make it mean whatever you want it to mean. And for me, F-E-A-R means fierce, everyday, always ready. Love and even it. if I don't believe it, I will say mm-hmm. it to myself, right? Fake mm-hmm. it till you make it. And so m- turn those F-E-A-R words into something that's going to empower you and help you and move you along this fake energy. Fear is fake. It really is. Unless you're running mm-hmm. for your life, you know, but most of the time we're in fear of things that don't even exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just move past that. And, and what I say is more fearful is not living the life that you fully could have been living. That to me is more fearful. Right. And you got to think how many people every day, you know, don't take that chance or, or even right. like in your example, you know, you didn't have every detail about the audition, you know, it was, you know, it, it was just WWF, go do it, you know, and yeah. you know, there's so <laughs> yeah. many people that, that kind of create their own mental roadblocks, you know? Yeah, there's a whole, uh, when I when I speak, whenever we are in front of crowds again, although I've been doing some things uh, tomorrow, I'll be doing, for example, a virtual speech with the podcast movement and talking about podcasting, how I got into it, but my own take on it and helping other people that want to become podcasters. And I say this, though, in one of my speeches, as it was titled, you don't have to be ready to seize an opportunity. And I think Mm -hmm. people think that they have to be 100% ready. No, you just have to have passion. You have to have determination, open mind, uh, be willing to just mess up. It's okay. I messed up many times on live TV. And trust me, the people that are haters would go, ha, 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 she messed up. You know, but hey, guess what? They're still on their couch you know, doing nothing. And I'm out there just trying to break down those doors every day. And that's what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, kind of going back to, you know, what you're talking about, it, it was cool that WWE's kind of let you, you know, talk to the active roster and all that kind of stuff. They also were really cool, you know, in the fact that they incorporated your singing background um, into yeah. your job. Um, obviously, uh, one of the big moments was the post 9-11 uh, uh, song you were able to perform and all that and your history with WrestleMania and all that. Um was it always part of the plan to, to kind of incorporate that? Like once they found out your musical background or did, was it a happy accident? And, you know, I'm sure the 9-11 was very important. But what were some of the other kind of the, uh, you know, big standout moment, moments from your being able to sing in the WWE ring? Well, it's wild that you bring up this question because that's why I almost didn't do the audition because I was signing with an agent uh, and a manager for music. And my whole life, I was like, music, music, it's going to be all music. And when this audition came around, I looked at my agent and I was like, no, I'm not going to that because it's not music related. And he goes, you know, when I told you the story, he's like, you, you never know, just go. So I went. And then I always say this, I'm like, God, if it's meant to be, make it obvious. If it's not meant to be, make it obvious. And so for me, when they called me and they said, hey, we'd like to try you out for two to three months and you could quit at any time. I was like, oh, well, that's pretty obvious. I've got nothing to lose. So I'm going to go ahead and try it out. 
So when I went there, I just remember looking around when I was getting the orientation and looking in the arena and I was like, whoa, I know somehow I'm going to be able to sing. I don't know how because this is wrestling, but I just feel it in my soul that somehow I'm going to be able to sing here. And it was because of The Rock. We, you know, became friends, us doing all the backstage interviews together. And when he found out that I sang and I was doing a, a one weekend, was doing all the live events and they usually play the national anthem as an instrumental to start it. And he asked me, hey, you've ever sang the national anthem? And I was like, yeah, I sang it for my graduation. So he's like, well, let me go talk to the producers and see about you doing it. And I did it that night. I did it the next night and the next night. And then by Monday, Vince McMahon had heard about it. And he's like, that's it. We want you to do it starting tonight. And I did. And he put me doing it every event. I ended up doing WrestleMania that year. Like you said, 9-11. I feel like that was one of the big things that I was put on this earth to also get ready for that moment. The The fact that I've been able to do the national anthem various times before 9-11 helped me get through that night because, man, did I feel the weight of the, shoulder, of the world on my shoulders. Uh, but Paul Heyman helped me through that night, Vince himself. And I knew that I was just the vehicle. It was nothing. It had nothing to do with me. I was literally just the vehicle used to try to unite the world. So that was very special. And then you asked me about other events. I mean, fast forward to actually doing it in Iraq with all the soldiers around. I mean, that's and the fact that they came up to me afterwards in tears and saying, we never hear the national anthem out here. We're fighting. And thank you for reminding us why we're fighting. And I was like, whoa, yeah, of course you wouldn't hear the national anthem. Why? They're not going to be blasting it. It's not mash. You know, they're not blasting it through the speakers. So that was very powerful. And that's why I say is like, I, I go back to that agent where I'm like, so glad I listened to his words. Well, if this was a video chat, you would see that I just had goosebumps when you're talking about being, in, being over there with the soldiers and stuff. It was like, woo. Yeah. So, I think yeah. we all have goosebumps after hearing that. I mean, mm. man. Well, I, that's the way I, you know, when I sang it, and we were in Saddam's palace, Saddam Hussein's palace, and I went back, and, and it was just so crazy. They had the whole arena, or the, the, the ring set up in front of the palace, And we were staying in there and I went back and I sobbed like a little girl. And I just knew that I gave those soldiers such a special moment. And my dad was a lieutenant colonel for over 20 years. And so I'm an army brat. It is in me. So for me, being surrounded by soldiers, I was like surrounded by family. I mean, I grew up on military bases. That's every day. They were marching in front of my house, you know, or in front of uh, the barracks or so I was like, holy cow, like, who would have thought that this little girl who was an army brat who grew up on the military base, you know, in Spain, in Madrid, would fast forward, be surrounded in Iraq with all these soldiers crying and thanking her and one soldier himself giving me his dog tags. And I later saw him years later, I saw him at an autograph signing. He's like, hey, remember me? I gave you my dog tags. I gave him the biggest hug because I was just so happy to see that he came back safe. And that's the things that you can't, you know, that it's amazing the things that happen in your life, but it's those moments that I just take that I'm like, wow, I'm just so grateful. Yeah. That's such a full circle kind of deal there. 
Whew, man, I, I, it's it's kind of hard to kind of follow up after that one. <laughs> all it's really hard to just talk about the wrestling stuff when there's so much you know important stuff going on and you know with with your story and all that. Yeah, and uh, which by the way, chasing glory with Lillian Garcia is every Monday on the WWE Network. You can check that out. Um, you, you know, you're involved in some in ring angles from time to time over the years. Were you a fan of these non-announcing angles? And if so, do you wish you had done more of them? Or were you okay with the few that you did? I love them. Oh, my God. They were so much fun. <laughs> First of all, I love acting. So, you know, I've, I've been in plays. I, I was in a lot of things and took acting, drama, as they call it, uh, middle school, high school, all of that. And I, so I, I loved it. Any time that they were like, hey, would you be okay to do this? My first angle with, was with Jeff Jarrett getting in the figure four. And I think it was literally about two to three weeks after I got there. Initiation. There. Done. <laughs> was, was, that, did, was, he, was he fighting? Uh, did he fight a female in that? Yeah, one? China. He yeah. had a whole angle with China during that wow. time. That's right. Yeah. I think that was when he, she beat him for the intercontinental or that. Yes. That yeah. It was okay, leading yeah. up to that. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so when they came in there, they're like, Hey, would you mind uh, us doing this? And I was like, sure. And they're like, act like you're really in pain. I'm like, okay. And they're saying, you can't overdo it. Like, just go for it. So I went for it. People were like, oh my God, that must have killed you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, not, not really. You really took good care of me, but I'm glad you thought so. <laughs> but I even told the Dudley boys, I was like, hey, you need me to go through a table? I'll go through a table for you. <laughs> now that never happened. Um, I can't remember. They stopped putting uh, females, I think it was, through the table. But but yeah, I, I always loved those moments. I looked back and chuckle and even the whole angle that I had with viscera that wasn't even supposed to turn into what it turned into but the ratings were so high during our segments that WWE was like whoa we've got something here people want to see this and they kind of took this whole beauty and the beast angle and I just loved working with him god bless his soul uh just a great human being he could look so scary on screen but he was a huge teddy bear that uh just <laughs> he, he he had so much fun and so did i we all know 2020 is a little nuts but that doesn't mean you should disregard your nuts no matter what size or shape they are in fact manscaped is on a mission to take care of your manhood with their below the waist grooming and hygiene products and great news they just released their products in the uk canada and australia Hey guys, you've we've all been there, right? Cleaning up downstairs and something bad happens and then it's not that fun. Well, Manscaped is here to change that. They also just released the Crop Care Kit, which is a formulation bundle to give you A-plus balls and is the ultimate male hygiene hack. The Crop Care Kit includes the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant. The name speaks for itself, Crop Reviver Ball Toner. That is a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extract. The Crop Cleanser Body Wash, that is a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. I use that every day after the gym. It is absolutely amazing. Smells good too, by the way. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes, you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. Foot Duster, that is a foot deodorant, which is a free gift designed to keep the stankiest feet smelling fresh. Let's not forget about it's the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body. I'm talking about the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology which helps reduce grooming accidents. We've all been there, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes if you're one of those people that love to take long showers. 
Now, I will tell you that these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. You're probably playing with your balls right now, so you might as well invest in the crop care kit to make your balls elite. Yeah, get 20% off plus free shipping right now at manscaped.com. Use the code BATTLEGROUND. Once again, 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. All you got to do is use that code BATTLEGROUND at checkout. And if you care for those beautiful balls of yours, all you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone or your laptop, whatever. It'll change your life for the better. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use that code BATTLEGROUND. Add some swag to your saggy bag. Once again, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code BATTLEGROUND. Well, and it's yeah. like you kind of mentioned earlier, you can, you know, you got to take a chance and, you know, especially with ratings, you don't know what's going to be a hit. You know, yeah. sometimes you just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And obviously that, that obviously had some buzz. So. Yeah, it was just fun to be able to have them say to me, hey, we would love to do this to help one of the uh, wrestlers get over or like create a storyline for them or something. And I'm like, yeah, anything to help these guys like they they're putting their lives literally on the line because you never know when things can go wrong or worse yet. I mean, they're they're beating up their bodies like crazy for, for a passion that they have. I have so much respect for the superstars. And so for me to be able to have an angle, for example, with and help him to create this this persona that he had that it turned into was just a treat for me to be able to be a part of that and I'm I'm, I'm grateful to the WWE that they trusted me to even be in an angle like that but I think it also made it even more special when all of a sudden the ring announcer is involved like you don't expect that yeah, <laughs> yeah did you yeah, ever did have to do any like training at all just for some of those angles or just kind of went they just were like let's just go for it the only one that we did anything uh, that we kind of mapped it out was when I did something with three minute warning. And that was pretty intense. Uh, that at the time it was Umaga, but at the time he was Jamal and there was Rosie. And when he did, and forgive me, I just, that's the one thing I don't know the names of the moves. Even after all these years, I just look at it as a <laughs> spectator. Um, but right. he, he had, I can't remember what it's called, but he put me over his head and then he slammed me down. Now we did it on the mat that afternoon practicing mm -hmm. it. Uh, but, and they were telling me, Hey, when you land, make sure you, you, uh, blow out all your air. And yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And then do this and do that. Like they had little things, but Guys, when it's like in the moment and yeah. one thing is landing on the mat and then one thing is landing on that mat. Like when, when I talk uh -huh. about the mat, I'm talking about the practice mat. But right. one thing is as the actual mat, A, the distance was a whole lot longer, further down. <laughs> <laughs> B, it's a whole lot harder. I thought there was nice little cushions under there. Nope. <laughs> nope. The oh, reason no. it sounds like that is because there's boards under there. So, mm -hmm. and I forgot to blow out. So then wind got knocked out of me and I felt like a mat truck had hit me and I was like wait and these guys sign up for this night after night right. after night <laughs> what is going on that's why I said my respect level went through the roof I believe that that's crazy but it well, made for a great TV <laughs> I, I bet I bet they got a real reaction out of you <laughs> oh that is crazy. You can still Google it to this point and see it on YouTube. And it's <laughs> wild when you see all the fans reaction. Yeah. And I look like a little rag doll. 
uh, that yeah. <laughs> have really been put through the ringer. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of fans' reaction, I did you know do a little googling earlier on YouTube and watched your farewell speech um, mm. to the WWE universe. Um, what was the reason behind that move? I believe it was was it two thousand nine or two thousand ten? So that was two thousand nine, and that's when I originally okay. I was there for ten years, mm-hmm. and then I left. But then I ended up leaving for only two years and coming back for five. Five years. Now, okay. when I left, uh, I was getting married and I actually thought that was it. Like my husband and I were, we literally got married the very next Monday. It's so wild. Wow. I end my, my, yeah, I ended my career on one Monday and got married <laughs> the very next Monday. And our plan was let's get pregnant. Let's have kids. And I was mm-hmm. just going to get off the road. I was really tired when I was on the road because mm-hmm. it's 52 weeks a year. I love being on the road, but it does beat you up after a while. Uh, And I was already beat up without having to be in the ring. I don't even know how the other superstars do it. (laughs) So like I said, big props. But yeah, so that was the plan. But then it started becoming reality that we just could not have children. So when that happened and we, you know, came to terms with it, WWE reached out about me coming back and it just made sense. I was like, yeah, you know what? I do need my family. And if I can't create my Mm -hmm. own family, then I want to go back to my family. So I went back. Uh, I felt like my job was not done there and I, it couldn't have been further from the truth as far as like it, that was true. In other words, it was true in that I had more to give and then I also had to be there for the time that I was there because then when I left in 2016, it was the natural transition to then start the podcast. And I don't know whether that would have happened had I stayed gone in 2009. Yeah, that's it's just crazy how fate works with you yeah. know, life and just how it just happens like it just seems like all this has happened kind of naturally for you you know very oh no there's been struggles honey (laughs) 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 let's not sugarcoat it the struggle is real (laughs) the struggle is real oh my god yes and even with chasing glory i mean the amount of time the amount like my husband came on board last year we now work together he's the president of chasing glory and i i asked him because he's got skills that i just do not possess where I can work on camera and do these interviews and all. He can take care of so many of the behind the scenes things that I just, his talent for that is unbelievable. And I just asked him, I was like, please, like, can you come on board and help me with this monster? Because it's growing (laughs) and I love that it's growing, but it's overwhelming. And he looked at me, he's like, I love the mission. I love what you're doing. Absolutely. He also saw how burnt out I was getting and how I just couldn't handle it all on my own. Uh, And then the amount of money that we've also put into this, like this is a labor of love. And I tell people that want to start podcasts, if you don't see yourself doing this, A, for three years, and it could be three years where you're just really putting in more money, more time than you're getting out of it, then don't even get in it because it is not an overnight success. It does take time. It does take massaging and the right team. We've been through a lot of team members as well. Um, And nothing against anybody, but sometimes it's just not the right fit for both sides. 
So it's been a big labor of love. But luckily now, I really feel like it being on the network is the right home for it. And being on video is the right home for it. And uh, I'm just really, really excited for what the fans are about to experience with all of these stories that are being shared and how open and vulnerable the superstars are getting in order to help them. Exactly. And I mean, you can watch Chasing Glory on Mondays with Lillian Garcia. It's on the WWE Network. And you talk about telling stories and helping people out. And I kind of want to kind of go back. 2016 was obviously an impactful year for you, of course, leaving WWE and then your father passing away. What were some of the biggest lessons 2016 taught you? Woo! You want to get me in tears, don't you? <laughs> no, I mean, we can go with that if we don't want you to cry at all. Oh no, I'm not, I'm I'm just kidding. No, I'm the one the first one that likes to share stories and even share my own journey and be open with, you know, my own uh listeners as well. 2016 was really difficult. I mean, to get the news, it my we got the news that dad was sick in 2015 in October of 2015. And I was going to South Carolina a lot where they lived while we were trying to help him through chemotherapy and trying to get him through, you know, all of, of having bladder cancer and and get him well. And then it was in March that uh, I think it was in February actually, the doctors in South Carolina had said we are out of choices and alternatives, and we don't know how to keep fighting this. And I reached out to a doctor friend of mine that I had done some charity work uh, at his hospital in Akron, uh, Cleveland, or since, yeah, in Cleveland. So I reached out to him and I said, look, I, I know that you deal a lot with cancer. My dad has bladder cancer. What, what can you give me any kind of insight, what I can do? And he said, look, you've got two of the biggest, greatest hospitals there in uh, California where you live that maybe they can help them, which was City View and also uh, UCLA. And so I reached out quickly. I got all his medical records and I reached out to them and he went to City View. And City View at the time had this medication that they were going to try. It was a trial basis. And what was wild was that the day we went to sign the papers for him to be part of the trial was the day that the doctor literally in front of us was like, oh, my God, like reading an email going, oh, my God, oh, my God, it just got approved. And so it was wild to see like a drug that they had been, you know, trying out and trying out and trying out and try to make it for the masses to be available to get approved right then when my dad was going to be receiving the treatment. So uh, he started receiving the treatment, but the problem was at that time it was too late. And so it was in July that we found out, uh, they told us he had two weeks to three months to live, which you never want to hear. And, and my sister and I were the ones that were told the news. We didn't want my mom or my dad to know um, because we just didn't. It, that's a lot. That's a lot. to. I, I didn't want him to, to because he was he's a fighter. He's a lieutenant colonel. Like he thought he could just fight right through it. And so we my sister and I, you know, we talked about it and we said, uh, I said, well, I can't get on another plane. I have to be here to definitely help him. And it was just going, even going to work, uh, WWE saw, like I, I remember having to go to rehearsal one time at ringside and I went out there and I saw Hunter 
And I went up to Hunter and I started crying and I said, I'm sorry, I just can't handle being here in the rehearsal because I couldn't get my dad out of my mind. And he's like, go, go do what you got to do. And they couldn't have been better. Like they really were amazing during that time, helping me, whatever I needed. They, they gave me a break off of TV for like two weeks. I think we were going through some testing with him. Uh, so they were really amazing. But then it was just obvious I needed to take care of dad. And so I took care of dad. And, uh, but then that's when, you know, I had a conversation with him and it was, um, the whole thing of what are you going to do next? And it was like, okay, you know, this idea that I had, uh, how about I do this? And he loved the concept. And I'm sorry if I, I, I'm not sure if I've already told you guys this story or not, because I've been doing interviews all day, but he, um, was the one that said, you can do this. And that's when I started doing it. And having him be able to watch the show in November of that year when it launched, um, to then he passed away Christmas day of that year. I'm just so grateful for that because it's like he gave the stamp of approval on the show. And I feel like his blessing and his hand has been on this the whole time. And I think the biggest lesson is to know that it is true. When one door closes, another one can definitely open. And to also listen to your intuition as to what is next. And to go back, is there any ideas that you might have had in the past that you didn't, you know, they didn't come to fruition in the past, but maybe the timing is better for them now. And that's, that's the thing. The timing of this was way just like just the perfect timing at the end of 2016. And and here we are now, guys. <laughs> Man, yeah. Well, you made it through with no tears, so that's good. Oh, well, I've, I've, I have, like, my eyes are all welled up. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> Put Mine, it on are video, you see it. Mine are too. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That's exactly why I had my mind <sighs> for, uh, during that time, just because I didn't want to let people hear this 31-year-old man with a beard and tattoos like <laughs> being on, on the podcast. So, mm. yeah. It's you awesome. know what's so beautiful, though? If anything... If you guys heard Braun's episode, and I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out yet because I know it just came out, but he said it. He said, I want to let men specifically know it's okay to cry. It's okay to show vulnerability. It's okay to show weakness. It's all right to be human. And I think that that's the thing. We're in a day and age right now that it's a beautiful thing what's happening where a lot of us are, are being able to be more open and just be vulnerable and be like, you know what? I'm having a freaking terrible day. And who can I reach out to? And if we can just help each other out, this world will be a whole lot better. And that's my mission with this show. Yeah, I totally it's agree. Uh, and something else I think that would make the world better would be another evolution pay-per-view, which you yeah, announced yeah, yeah. in 2018. <laughs> 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 uh, she actually went to and just said it was one of the most, the coolest, best experiences she's ever been to. Um, do you think that we'll see another installment? And what did the event mean to you? It's wild because right now on the wall in my studio, I have the photo of Evolution and all the women up there. We were all in the bleachers taking this massive photo. And it's, it's wow. I look at that. I'm like, that's a lot of women. And to think that some pay-per-views, I was the only woman out there. Yeah. Like there was no female, you know, wrestlers on the card. And so I was the only female the entire time to walk out through those curtains. And to think of where it's gone now uh, is so 
amazing. And it is a testament to all the work that the females have, have put into it and the determination. But it, it definitely started with so many of the women before, you know, from the Trish and the Litas, from the Chinas, from Ivory, from Jacqueline, from May and, and Moolah. And, you know, it, it just starts with all of them that are just putting their passions out there and just saying, hey, we belong here too. We can offer something. And that's what I love. And I think that that's the other reason why there hasn't been another all-female pay-per-view. Because I definitely do not want to see an all-male pay-per-view again. Mm -hmm. I I want to see that there's a mix. I want to see variety. And I think that that's the thing. Variety and diversity is the spice of life. And so to... Do an all-women pay-per-view, it almost separates again. And I think that there's been enough separation. And we can just keep doing what we're doing right now and just uh, having a place where we can both be at the table. Yes, exactly. And where where we're at today in society, there's a big enough table for everybody, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's... And obviously well, from the success of that pay-per-view, there's obviously demand for, I mean, honestly, that, that might've been my favorite pay-per-view from 2018, you know? Wow. I mean, yeah. That's I mean, really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just, it's not just the females that are wanting another event like this. I think a lot of, a lot of males are fans as well. So. And Hey, it could be one of those things. If the males are like really wanting it, then, you know, give them a pay-per-view and be like, this was, you know, requested by the men out there that really want to see the women kick some ass. Right. Yeah. Um, so you can check out our chasing glory with Lillian Garcia. It's every Monday on the WWE Network. Uh, been doing this since 2016. Holy crap. I mean, we've yes. only been doing this for about, what, maybe a year, two years, give or take? Um, yeah, it feels like 10, but... It does. And, <laughs> and, and Lillian, Lillian made a, a perfect uh, example. It does take time and money and energy to put into this thing to you know to try to reap what you sow and to wrestling podcasts because there's a dime a dozen but mondays is where it's at on the wwe network with chasing glory with lillian garcia so real quick i know uh, you've got some time that you got to get to do some other stuff where's the best place people can keep up with you online well, definitely at Lillian Garcia. With, Lillian is with one L in the middle. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Lillian Garcia official fan page on Facebook. And for everything Lillian Garcia, it's LillianGarcia.com. Uh, uh, also want to let you know about the YouTube channel. And that's simple as well. It's YouTube.com slash Lillian Garcia. And what's really fun there on Thursdays, we'll be dropping what we call the Chasing Glory Speed, not Speed Round. They're hot seat questions for our guests. They're a lot of fun. We put animation to them so check that out for sure on the youtube on thursdays but then on the chasing glory side it's at chasing glory on instagram chasingglory.com uh and those are the places that you get everything chasing glory including the free version of the wwe network which really excites me uh that you guys anybody out there can get it for free and i just welcome uh, the new listeners and definitely the ones that have been with me we were close to 150 episodes and and so now that it's made the transition to the network i think that people that haven't even known that it's out there are in for a treat very exciting stuff and we cannot wait for every monday like she said chasing glory with lillian garcia is on the wwe network it has been an honor to talk to a, a legend such as yourself on the oh he's so sweet um so you, you guys are amazing thank you thank you for uh, thank you and uh have a good evening thank you you too take care guys 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Battleground Podcast. Make sure you give it five stars and a nice review. To stay up to date with the show, follow them at Battleground Podcast on Instagram.